coming up next on the Passionately Married podcast. The reason is because, of course, if it's you're doing this or you're doing that or you make me feel this way, it's that's probably not going to be very productive. Um, what, right. what we want to do is invite the other person into our experience, which is sharing vulnerably what something is like for you. Pam, I don't know who else in the nation are pet owners and dog lovers. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming there's quite a few. I would assume. But you got to love the fact that uh, every pet has its own idiosyncrasies, as you were just saying mm-hmm. right before we started. And um, you know, here we are right before we get ready to record. Nice little hug to kind of get in the mode of connecting and mm-hmm. doing the show. And she's sleeping on the other side of the house, but can see us. And as soon as we hug, here she comes. Because, like, she wants in on that, I guess. <laughs> she, she wants to be loved, too. Well, and that's the funny thing, okay? Insight into our world. Every Like, literally every time we hug, if the dog is around, she comes and jumps up on us. She, like, wants to get in on the hug, and she gets all excited. Oh, they're hugging. I want to get in on this. Uh, so Don't we, leave me out. Don't leave me out. We all want to be loved, even our pets. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what we're trying to do. Is, is just share love and how we can figure out ways to engage more in it mm-hmm. in all our relationships, particularly our marriages, because right. at Passionately Married here, we're trying to just uh, frame conversations to propel life forward, mm-hmm. give you some actions that can help you propel life forward, mm-hmm. and then also jump into life better so that you can have more impact with those mm-hmm. around you mm-hmm. and experience love and life and joy and all that this mm-hmm. has to offer and so if you're new to the show and you want to find an easy way to share more with your friends or just find more, go to the episode starter packs. Uh, these are favorite episodes organized by topic, and you can find all of them at passionatelymarried.net forward slash starter. And if you got some feedback for us uh, or we've missed something because we've had some nice themes going on here, some good mm-hmm. discussions going on, and we mm-hmm. love having a rounding out of the conversation. So go you can call or text us at 214-702-9565 or email us at feedback at passionatelymarried.net. Coming up today on re- the regular free version of the Passionately Married show is a conversation with um, a social worker, psychotherapist, Tonya Lester, mm-hmm. um, out of the New York Northeast area. Mm-hmm. And she has a book that's coming out in a year or so it's called Be Difficult. And it's ways... Uh, Great the, title. The title's perfect mm-hmm. because anytime we can do something kind of counterintuitive and a little bit of a edginess to it, I'm in. I love, right. I love that framework. And, and so this is just a conversation with her about... How do we relate with people in our relationships? It's a great continuation, I think, of some of the theme we've had, you know, with the people pleasing going on. Mm-hmm. It, uh, it's a just a nice compliment to see to continue that conversation and get more more insight into it. Yeah, and we go even a little bit deeper in some of the psychotherapy uh, framework that happens mm-hmm. with some of the concepts that can happen when we go too far, like when it's ne- the negative aspects. Yeah, you bring, so you, you bring in those extremes, right? You, gaslighting and love bombing and, uh, you know, pretty clear um, descriptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I love di- you guys diving deeper into that. Yeah, I particularly loved her uh, framing of love bombing. That was a phrase I've not used before. Mm. And so when we were talking through it, just it came up and I'm like, okay, we got to go deeper with this because... We're all capable Mm -hmm. and maybe even doing it regularly. 
And on the extended content today, which is deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at passionatelymarried.net forward slash academy. We look at some of the different aspects of how um, the way she frames the roles, how we might orient ourselves in this whole dynamic of relationships as a shock absorber or an instigator, you know, some of these different, she has three frameworks that we fall into Mm -hmm. and it's pretty easy to figure out which one we need to be. Yeah. So all that's coming up on today's show. So joining today is Tonya Lester, uh, psychotherapist, social worker, um, and you got an upcoming book uh, entitled Be Difficult. And just to give the audience a backstory, finally getting this thing recorded has been difficult. Yeah. It's, been, <laughs> it's been difficult. Yeah, exactly. We, we've had all kinds of snafus, internet issues, tech issues, schedule issues, Where, but it's finally great to get, to get back with you, girl. Great to be here. Thanks so much. So there's a lot of different ways we can go with this, uh, but the easiest one to start with, I think, in my mind is just the idea of being difficult because that kind of goes counter to, because uh, you're basically saying invite conflict uh, and invite yeah. tension in some ways. So unpack that for me. I'm saying uh, invite and lean into healthy conflict, right? So 100% be difficult doesn't mean being impossible. It's, that's a distinction I make in the book. It doesn't mean right. being mean, you know, or selfish, right? But it's this idea that um, sometimes we really over-accommodate and carry a lot of resentment. And there is, you know, we had, when we talked, when we finished, you know, our, the part of the segment we did last time, we talked a little bit about how it divides into gender, And, um, so this is, it's encouraging healthy, uh, empathetic, open communication and, and allowing productive disagreements to be part of the way you dialogue in the world, you know, with your partner, but where it's the norm to bring up hard, hard things. So that's what okay. I'm advocating for. Mm-hmm. And, and that's uh, totally on board with that. I think that's a, that's a great path to think about, um, you know, the idea, what maybe you hear this too with couples you work with or people you live with. Oh, we never fight. That's not a badge of honor. No, I really, <laughs> if a couple says they never fight, that is a huge red flag. It, it yep. to me, it says we don't really know how to communicate and at least one of us isn't really being fully seen in our relationship right. because if two people are fully seen, there's going to differences should come up. Right. And that's how Bound we get to know to each them. other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have, I have a similar on a different vein of um, anytime I hear somebody, we're talking about family of origin and they tell me, Oh no, I had a great upbringing. That's a red flag to me. Cause it's like, wait, Nobody has a great one. There's always something There's in there something. that can wreak havoc. And it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's major trauma. And it doesn't also mean that conflict is, a you know, it's kind of like what we're talking about here, that, you know, we can agree on a lot of things. And so the conflicts aren't real huge, but there should be some tension there because you're two separate individuals trying to create something that you both want. And those aren't always the same thing. That's right. And if we think about a long relationship, 
certainly with a, a, a spouse, but but even with like a sibling, right? If we look at the family of origin stuff, things are going to come up, right? Because we are all developing, hopefully developing people through time that we're changing. Right. Um, I just had, I guess, my 24th wedding anniversary and I'm not the person I was when I met my husband so, yep. so many years ago, right? And, and neither <laughs> is he, right? And part yep. of loving each other is working to adapt and inevitably there's going to, you're going to have some sharp edges around that. Yeah. Around that yeah. Stuff. And that, that fits into the mantra that marriage is designed to help us grow up. That's what we believe that it helps smooth the rough edges because I'm in a, and I'm in a relationship and that's right. It's just, that's going to happen. So let's go with the both. Uh, let's kind of pivot um, slightly of you're, you're talking about the idea of being difficult and having healthy difficulty or healthy conflict, you know, healthy disagreements. Um, Mm -hmm. What are signs of not healthy? Let's, let's start there because I think that helps. Let's, let's label some of them. You've got a couple of different labels. I've got them written down. So if they don't come up in the dialogue, I'll bring them up too. Okay. Sounds good. So, uh, you know, there's all the classic, if you're attacking someone, a lot of, you know, us, we therapists are always saying, start with I, stick with your own experience. And the reason is because, of course, if it's you're doing this or you're doing that or you make me feel this way, it's that's probably not going to be very productive. Um, what, right. what we want to do is invite the other person into our experience, which is sharing vulnerably what something is like for you, right? That's first. And then, of course, you can move on to setting boundaries and and working together to set expectations. But in general, what where I find people really go off the rails is when they've been collecting evidence and creating a, you know, a case against their partner in their <laughs> yeah. head. So by the time they say something, they're ready to go in a court of law in front of judge yeah. and jury and, and convict their, their, their partner. Mm-hmm. If you're, so uncomfortable with with being straightforward that it's coming out through passive aggression or uh, acting out, right? It's like we tell children, use your words. We can also tell adults, use your words. Like we, yep. when we, we notice that someone is kind of being iced out or, um, you know, sometimes I'll see couples who will kind of throw all their energy and affection into their children as, a, as opposed to honoring, you know, the foundational relationship to the family and, um, which of course isn't good for your kids for one thing, but it's also, it's easy to turn our focus away from our partner. And sometimes when there's a lot of anger or resentment that's built up over time, I think that that can be kind of, a, a a coping mechanism and a little bit of a passive aggression, like see all this love I have to give, but you don't get it right. These, right. Other right. little people do. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Well, and that's the, so, I mean, I guess what you're describing here, Tonya, is it's degrees, right? That we can go to a, we can go really far on something because even the people that uh, have more of a bent towards, we'll talk it out. I mean, cause that's the one thing I see in my practice all the time is whoever it was that was raised in a family that talked it all out right then and there married somebody that didn't. That's right. right. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yeah, we find so, each other. Yep. And part of it is because, oh, finally, it's something different. This will be great. And then they're like, wait, when you come at me, you've got everything already. You got a PowerPoint presentation ready to go. I don't operate that way. 
And so it's, it's learning, I guess, how to accommodate some, but still not give up everything on what makes you, how you approach conflict. But, you know, so that's where I think it's like degrees, right? On, I, I think of things lately, I've been landing in this world of most everything in our life is best viewed as the, a dynamic of a bell curve. We got a whole lot of room in the middle mm-hmm. to stay in the norm and, and be okay and be moving the ball forward. Right. But if we go on the extremes, either way, it's problematic. That's right. Yeah. You have that. I don't know if you're familiar with Terry Reel's work, but one of the, um, you know, he does these four quadrants where he talks about yep. enmeshment and avoidance, right? And that we want to be basically in the middle. So if yep. avoidant, right? You're over, um, overly uh, emphasizing your autonomy, right? And so you, you, that you put that before your connection and enmeshment, you're sort of terrified to have any autonomy. And so you're always um, overemphasizing the connection and kind of anxiously attached, right? Is the, is the other right. way to say it. And yeah, we, right. we want to be in the middle and we want to try and meet our partners where they are. And we want to look at what's our growing edge, right? If I'm someone who feels totally overwhelmed every time my partner comes to talk to me about something, is there a way I can orient myself to be brave, right? And kind of to step up into that. And then of course, if I kind of dump onto my partner and want them to pick up all the pieces for me, that's not okay either, right? right? How can I get myself (laughs) really grounded before I approach my partner so that it feels more collaborative, not just like, here's this, all this baggage I'm going to, give to you to hold. Um, yeah, but I, I think you're so right that we find our, we find our opposite and then we (laughs) struggle together. Right. And hopefully, (laughs) hopefully come out on the other side, both stronger, but it's, it's, you know, it's, you always find that yin yang. It's so interesting. Yeah. And that's my, my response to any time that comes out in, and is, is, uh, labeled in the sense that, yeah, they do it this way. I do it this way. My immediate reaction to that all the time is well, you're perfect for each other then. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> because, because if sometimes it doesn't make sense if it's, if it's too same and there's no, t- there's no real good tension then that's re- because that's the difference is what I hear from what you're describing, what I know of you, the tension isn't necessarily about who wins. It's about the tension of both of us being better to approach what we each want and need or desire without giving up myself too much to try to accomplish, you know, civility or calmness or, or get my, get my needs want uh, covertly. Right. Right. No, we're looking for it. Yeah. Not right and wrong. Always growth. Right. Yeah. Are we growing together? Are we able to hold empathy for ourselves and for our partner at the same time? Right. That to me is the absolute top of emotional maturity is yeah. to, yeah. you know, and, and that's a lot of work. And and even if we reach it, we often don't sustain it. Right. We have to yeah. keep keep grounding ourselves. Yeah. This is a public service announcement. But it's worth noting that Manscaped, they now have beard products, and they're going even further with the brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. Go ahead and tell the world the leaders in the -the below-the-waist grooming are traveling north with their revolutionary grooming products. The new Weed Whacker 2.0 and their new beard line confirms they have all the best tools for your hygiene toolbox. 
So it's time to upgrade your game by going to manscaped.com and use our code PASSION for 20% off plus free shipping. I've talked before about the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. It's the ultimate package that makes it easier than ever to craft your signature look. It starts with a cordless electric beard hedger, and it's tough on hair but smooth on your face with single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. But the brand-new Weed Whacker 2.0 offers improved blade and skin-safe technology with a no-tugging guarantee. It's never been so painless to mind all the different holes around your face. So now that you have your face looking great, it's a must-try Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0. That's right, they've got you covered from head to toe. So get 20% off and free shipping when you use our code PASSION at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use our code PASSION. Always use the right tool for the job with Manscaped. So talk to me about, um, I, was, I was looking over some of your, your stuff and there was the wording in there of love bombing and gaslighting. Um, explain sure. those because I think those are going to be on the negatives. So, what, Oh my gosh, ex- of course. Very, very, gaslighting oh. I know very well, but <laughs> love bombing, tell me what you mean. Yeah. So love bombing, I first came across um, the term reading about cults and how cults bring in new members. And it's this idea of, I'm the only one who really sees you. No one else understands you. Those people are jealous. You are so special and I'm so special and we can be so special together. We are more special than other people, right? It's so you can see how it's both (laughs) flattery and pulling that person away from maybe Mm -hmm. their other support system. And this idea of creating like a bubble around us, like it's you and I against the world. No one else understands. And very often, as you can imagine, that leads into a pretty abusive, unhealthy relationship, right? Um, so I think whenever it's such a red flag, because whenever, you know, it's what's hard about love bombing is it's just normal enough that I think it's easy to be, um, to be kind of mesmerized by it. Because often when we fall in love, of course, there's a period where you're flooded with all of the mm-hmm. love hormones and you're thinking, this is the person we are special. It is oh, only soulmates. us, right? And we we is, got it. Right. And some of that's beautiful and special. And it's like, by all means, enjoy it. But, you know, it can, if you feel like you're being pulled away from your support system, if you're being encouraged to think of yourself as separate from um, other people who've always been in your life and, uh, and the idea that um, it's really about isolation, right? It's like isolation through flattery and, uh, and adoration. And, and it's, it's, it's unhealth. It's unhealthy because we, I, you know, what the the goal is from the person who is love bombing us is where you get kind of addicted to feeling like you're mm-hmm. seen in that way, and then start to let a lot of bad behavior slide, and then eventually, oftentimes those relationships can turn pretty dark and scary. So, yeah, yeah and that's that's where you. I think one of the things that's a marker of that is as you're describing because it makes it's perfect sense on because you've isolated and so you've you've eliminated a lot of your other social circles that are meant to be good supports family friends peers neighbors etc where you're not you know i don't think anybody thrives in just one system alone 
in their life. We need multiple systems that are meeting our needs on the various levels as appropriate. Yes. To where, because even what's happened some in the West, it, it seems like where uh, American marriage spouses are putting more requirements on the other spouse than ever before. Yeah. For their emotional needs, their financially shows everything. And it's like, wait, that's a recipe for disaster. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it can't, we aren't meant to get all of our needs met from one person. Right. And it's not, it's also, if we think of like the rich tapestry of life, right. It is in community and is in, right. Um, it's in friends and, and, and wider family and, and, you know, whatever, whatever your networks are. And I also yeah. think of it as like, we see, when we see our partner in those other environments, oftentimes we kind of fall in love with that part of them again. Right. So not only is it bringing more people into it, it's, it's seeing these different parts of our partner in a way that I think can also be invigorating and energizing. I know in the pandemic, I had so many couples say to me that they were pretty sick of their partner, right? When you're, it's like the only person you're isolated with. And then once people could go out again and seeing them in there with their friends or in a work environment, it was like, oh yeah, this is this special person, you know, that I've been, I've gotten too used to and taken for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, when Pam and I went on our very first month long trip with our kids that we did for five, six years in a row. Oh, wow. Uh, one of the drives, one of the drives home, because we were, we were in a fifth wheel in a truck, right? So we're all four together for a month. Fantastic. And on one of the drives home, we're about three, four hours from home. And I look at her and she just has this look on her face. And I'm like, so what are you thinking about? And she's like, I'm really excited to go to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, really? Why? To get away from you guys. And, I, and <laughs> yeah. it was actually a very loving statement <laughs> because it's like, me too. <laughs> really, we all need some space from each other, I think. Totally. And think about the foundation that allows that statement in a marriage and that you immediately yeah. got it, right? You immediately yeah. got She wants to go into this other role where she has all this competence. She wants to be yeah, with new people. She wants to feel like she's more than a mom and a yeah spouse, you know, and the fact that you were just like, oh, I totally get it. She's labeling what I was thinking too. Not at that particular moment, but at points of the drive, I was absolutely thinking, yes, you guys all got to get away from me. For yeah. a little while. Please. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. So, <laughs> yeah. so what's, what are some things that people should be looking out for? Cause I think that there might be some people that listen to this and think of, okay, wait, I might be in this situation. I might be the one being bombed or I might be the bomber. Mm-hmm. So what are, because recognizing, you know, seeing something is the first step to be able to change it. That's right. So what, what's the best steps? I think that um, certainly any awareness that you have, that you are being isol- isolated is, is mm-hmm. our relationships are supposed to help us grow, right? And there should be room in our relationships for the people the other people that we love, especially in a long yeah. relationship. So if you feel like you're being isolated or you're noticing that uh, suddenly things feel mistrustful with people you've always trusted, if your family is worried about you, you know, I feel like when you're young, you're yeah. told um, it doesn't matter what your friends think, but not, well, 
if your friends love you and you trust them, it matters what your friends think, right? Because if they want what's best for you and they're worried, I think that that is very, very important to take that seriously. And this is also one of those things that I think it would be like recognizing I've got a spouse that won't let me go see my family because they don't like my family. And so therefore I can't go at all, meaning we can't go at all. So it's in in what I'm hearing you say in this one would be, well, then I just go. (laughs) They don't have to join me. I go. Yes, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I also, I would take it a little bit further and say that part of being in a relationship is showing up for your partner when they want you there. And certainly if it's all weekend, every weekend with the partner's family, then you have to set some expectations around that. Right. But this idea that your partner doesn't want to be involved in important areas of your life, I say, you know, get thee to couples counseling because that's that's a very (laughs) bad sign. Certainly. And then on the other side of it, the idea that you need to sort of keep someone for yourself, or if you feel threatened by your partner's other relationships, that's a great opportunity for growth for you, right? And a great opportunity to look at what is that about? What is it in me that makes me feel like I need to control the environment in order to feel safe? And what is is it about my history that has me feeling like I need to um, kind of get rid of the competition, right? Or, or pare down right. or that I need my partner to prove their love to me. And that is, you know, it's hard to look at ourselves and say, oh, we are being toxic. We're the toxic person, right? What a horrible right. thing, because often we think we don't want to be that person. We love our partner, Another thing you find often is people feeling like, well, no, actually, I'm the victim because if he didn't do that or she didn't do that, I wouldn't have to act this way. So certainly, if you hear this stuff coming out of your mouth, like, please, there's so many group programs that can help. Journaling can help. Certainly therapy. Um, And anyone who wants to change can change, right? We can change right up to the moment of our last breath. So, you know, you don't have to give up on relationships, but you do have to take responsibility for your behavior always. Perfect. All right. So let's, let's pivot and do gaslighting real quick as well. Cause I think these are two big ones that uh, are very, very insidious in relationships. So gaslighting, I think gaslighting is actually overused currently. Um, And confusing. So gaslighting is this idea that, you know, your partner will come to you and say what they're feeling or their experience or or what they saw. And you say, that's not true. No, Mm -hmm. I didn't. That's not what happened. And the tricky part is that sometimes, of course, we really just see things differently, right? Because we're two different people. And so classical gaslighting is really doing it basically to, you know, uh, not take responsibility for yourself and to deny your partner's experience. And when it goes extremely abusive, extremely toxic, it's like you're trying to make them crazy, right? It's based Mm -hmm. on an old Igmar Bergman movie where the husband is trying to convince the, his wife that she's a kleptomaniac. And right. I mean, so it's a very extreme, it's origin. Right. So, you know, there has to be room for more than one truth 
in an in a relationship. And if that's not being allowed by either partner, then then you're you're veering off a healthy course with right. with your relationship. Right. And um with gaslighting in particular, you know, you can say, I feel like my truth is being denied here and and we need a new way of talking about this. And a, a partner who's flexible and healthy and open will be able to make that pivot. A partner mm-hmm. who is trying to control the relationship again, which is where you get toxicity, will will be defensive, will get angry, deny, maybe feel guilty, but just keep popping around that. Right. triangle instead of trying to uh, connect and understand where you're coming from. And they, and they can also just even throw more gas on it and just oh keep amping it up and amping it up and amping it up. Yeah. And, you know, I have couples come in or I'll have individual clients who say, this relationship makes me feel crazy. And then the question is, do most relationships make you feel crazy or just this one? Right. Because if it's just this one, Life is short, right? We don't want to make, be made to feel crazy in our relationships. So right. that's a, well, a big yeah, it's, it's one of those things that has to be addressed. And Absolutely. like you're describing, when I can do it in in my sphere from, you know, with standing on my own two feet, because one of the things I've come across before is uh, gaslighting can get met by gaslighting. And then it's mm-hmm. whose truth gets to win out, um, which that's incredibly volatile. 100%. But, so, but it is recognizing, wait, I can orient towards this better, like you're describing and ask some better questions or ask myself better questions of, wait, am I off in my stance here? That's right. Yeah. Is is my truth accurate? Because if it is, I don't need confirmation from somebody for that still to be true for Mm me. Mm -hmm. And I, I encourage couples. I have an exercise I do with people in my office quite a bit if I feel like they're stuck in their stances of, you know, having someone share their experience and hopefully from a vulnerable place and then having the partner say back to them, this is what I'm hearing that was like for you, right? In as vulnerable as possible. And then what am I missing? Right. Because there are more than, there is more than one truth in every situation. There's, there's more than two. And so to, to yeah. have space for that in the relationship is, is the only way we have healthy communication. Right. Yeah. Because that's all based on our filters, our skews, our experiences of life and how it make, we make sense of it. How we make our narratives. Because, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Because that's the, that's the old adage of, you know, there's three of us that could all go out and watch a movie and then go have coffee afterwards. And we're talking about the movie and it could sound like we all saw three different movies. 100%. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> Okay. So Tanya, um, before we transition, uh, how can people in, in transition into the extended content? How people, how can people find you? I've been, been posting quite a bit on Instagram. So that's Tonya Lester psychotherapy is my handle there. And my website is tonyalester.com. And I have, um, I, I just put up a quiz that I hope people find interesting. I have, um, are you difficult? Are you impossible or are you a shock absorber? Which is my three distinctions that I have in my book. And the idea is, um, you know, are you a healthy, difficult person? Are you an impossible person, which probably needs no more explanation? Or are you a shock absorber? Self-defined. Yeah. Yeah. Where shock absorbers, of course, uh, take on too much responsibility for managing those, those around 
around you. So yeah, I'd love it if people checked out the website and took the quiz. That would be terrific. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Well, there has been a nice, like, it's almost been theme month <laughs> right. yeah. with the shows lately. Um, and it's, it's fun to have, again, over the years of doing this show with you and all the countless guests and hosts we've had and, mm-hmm. you know, just the content we've had, um, we can come back and, and cycle through similar concepts, but through a slightly different lens. And I think it resonates and continues to resonate and it just helps solidify all the more some of the dynamics that happen. Yeah. Well, and that's the beauty that we all, um, I mean, we could say the same thing to 10 different people and they take it different ways because of their history, their background, (laughs) whatever. So it's, it is kind of a beautiful dynamic to, to have a common theme, but maybe it is spoken a little differently. So, so it can, you know, come home to different people, different ways. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the idea because at the Passionately Married podcast, we're trying to um, just speak to what helps people in the nation and in all the relationships we have, because there will constantly be uh, issues. I mean, that's the whole, we were just in our uh, group, we're a part of at our church. One of mm-hmm. the con- conversations that happened last night were when you have trouble in marriage, it's, it's not shocking. It's two people that are fallen people. They're sinners involved. That we're broken. We, we're selfish. We have all these negative sides to us that can rear their head. That's funny. It, it's not shocking to the world, but it does shock you in your own relationship, fair. right? Uh, what is happening here? Why, Why is this going this on? Problem? And you step back and everybody else is like, oh, now you're finally getting to taste it. Yeah. Right. Well, if you like the show, we'd love for you to help us out by rating and reviewing the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or however you listen. Your comments help us spread the word and help others uh, frame their conversations and help figure out a path forward for themselves transcripts are available on the show notes on each of the episodes pages all the advertisers deals and discount codes are also available at each of the episodes pages at passionatelymarried.net please consider supporting those who support the show well once again um, the challenge from today go out there and be difficult (laughs) in a good way in a good way but wherever you are however you've been taking a little bit of time out to spend it with us thank you We'll see you next time.